Welcome back, you guys, to episode two of the Chopping It Up podcast. I am your co-host, Chartel. And I'm the other co-host, Ferris. And we have a really great show here for you all today. We have brought on another lovely, beautiful guest, and we are going to let her introduce herself to you all right now. Hello, hello, people. My name is Crystal Timberlake. I am a healing and leadership coach, and I am so excited to be here with Chartel and Ferris on today for this episode number two of yes. your podcast. Number two. <laughs> yes. yes. All thank right. God. We're doing it. Yes. Moving Crystal, along. Yes. Crystal, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. And as you all know from last episode, we always start off with our blase blase segment. And so we, you know, have just really been talking about Kid Cudi in this Kurt Cobain dress. Yeah, like, so, what? I mean, so he, for those who don't know, he was on SNL and it was, I think it was right after his monologue, he had a performance, right? Mm -hmm. And he said he was paying homage to Kurt Cobain, who, if people don't know who Kurt Cobain is, one that's sad, but Kurt Cobain is <laughs> right. an artist, uh, He's no longer here with us, but he was part of Nirvana, which is based out of Seattle. Uh, I like their music personally, but um, yeah. So there's this one video, I cannot think of the name of the song, but he wore, I think it was, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Have you guys heard that song? No. No? no. <laughs> anyway, so he was wearing this dress. And then so now Kid Cudi wanted to wear it on the show or for his performance, which was I don't even know what to say because I, mean, I feel like yeah. nowadays, just in media, especially recently with these rappers, and I love hip hop, I love rap music, but it's like, why is it always you have to be in a dress or why does it always have to be like something? Um, just extra. Extra. Right, just yeah, extra. extra. I feel like Kurt Cobain has made such an impact on the music world, you could have done else Anything to else. pay tribute to him yes. and you know fine if, if this is the way Kid Cudi wanted to go but I guess I just feel like there's a I don't know you kind of have to know your audience right like Kurt Cobain I feel like that wasn't very shocking for him to show up at in all dress, not right a, not it was like close. oh this will be doing that's cool right but I feel like it was shocking for Kid Cudi and his like fans right it's like you went extreme for this tribute you could have done any of those other steps along the way and, and I think it's, right. it always comes out when it's like Kid Cudi hasn't had an album in forever. Gotcha. And then mm. so like, oh, now you want to do this? Because I feel like it's like, oh, well, social media is going to be talking about me, right? Mm -hmm. And it's to- Make my I name guess, out there exactly, again. Exactly. Like, get, yep. get your name relevant. Mm -hmm. And they say that all publicity is good publicity, right? That's Whether it's negative that's or positive. So that's, that's what I think it was about. But, you know, who, who knows? You know, it's just- I'm not Kid Cudi, so. Yeah, I definitely think that it's definitely a ploy to get attention, grant traction. Usually they do things like that when they have something big coming out. Because again, like you said, all publicity is good publicity. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I guess we'll have to like watch and see yeah. what that is. So. Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. That that was just, that was yeah, deal. it was crazy. Yeah. But um, I mean, what else is on your mind, Ms. Chartel? You know, honestly, I, I want to also talk about um, the... Uh, Lil Nas X Montero video. Oh, we didn't get to talk about that last time. No, we did not. I just, I guess, I just have to say, like, whoa, just whoa is all I have to say about yeah. that. And once again, that's another thing. But he is part of the LGBT community, yeah. so I understand uh, some of the visual of things. Mm -hmm. um, it's the Montero video. Yeah, the Montero like, video. Yeah, right. And mm -hmm. if you don't know who Lil Nas X is, he did the Old Town Road song, which was. Huge all last summer. I liked it. Mm -hmm. I, I liked did it. like it. That Still was like dope ass song. Mm -hmm. And then, so Montero, I think that's his government name. Mm -hmm. And so he came out and like, this is me, right? So he kind of came in as, I guess just, it looked very average, mm -hmm. you know, average video. The song was dope as hell, yeah. but the video, the imagery was Old very whatever. Mm -hmm. But then he comes with this Montero where he is first, in the first part of the video, he's like, so you know soaring to heaven like ascending mm -hmm. to heaven right and he's singing in front of the the angels mm -hmm. and all of this kind of stuff and you're like okay well i mean that is what it is whatever you want to do about that whatever you want to feel about that but then all of a sudden this portal opens up and the stripper pole goes all the way down to hell yes. and he's literally <laughs> drops right. down to hell yeah and he's but twerking he's like twer on satan well but then he's like twerking on the the, the pole i'm gonna call it a stick the pole too <laughs> like he's like yes yeah, strip dancing down right. into as he plunges into hell yeah that's some crazy right shit. and then yes like 
twerks on the devil to me look like they were having sex. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just a little bit of a prude, but I was like, this is too much for me. I didn't like it at all. I was like, yeah, stressful. So as you guys are talking, the only thing I can think of is like, like you said, he came out, he was popular last year and I have a, a kid, right? And they were listening to this in the preschools, right? This, mm. this song. And then you come out and you're like polar opposite. Yeah. Like polar that opposite. is crazy mm-hmm. to me. I don't even get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. We all have freedom of expressing who we are. We're, that's the era Definitely. that we're living in right now. However, that is just a little extreme. Yeah, now, I think so. Not, not to interrupt. Now, do you like, would you let your son listen to Lil Nas X? I mean, I liked his first song, mm-hmm. right. but um, this is but very this questionable to me. Like, I don't think that this would be appropriate at all. And have you have you seen the video? No, but you guys have, this. you know. Because that's what has, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, kids get on the iPad and it's kind of like, okay, well, at least they're sitting down. They're, they're over they, there. They're, 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 chilling, they're not bothering me. You know, you can get some peace, right? Right. Right. And mm-hmm. then you hear the song. That, that's the why I keep letting people know. If you're just hearing the song, there's nothing the in it. The song is like fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah the, yeah, yeah, the song's cool. Like listening to it. Yeah, listening. It's the like, video. It's the video, the imagery that they're showing our children, you know, our children, mm-hmm. especially young black kids, you know. And once again, it's okay to be whoever you are in your own skin. Definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're lesbian, gay, right. bi, trans, whatever, it doesn't matter. Live but your life. It's just that that piece. And it's like, damn, I'm sounding old over here now. But, and I don't even have kids. <laughs> but here. it's like, no, there's no <laughs> way I would let my, my children watch watch that no not under any circumstances that are mm-hmm. appropriate i mean if you think about how much we influence children by what they see and what they hear like that on so many levels is just wrong mm-hmm. like so no <laughs> right. absolutely yeah. not yeah so i just had to bring that up because i just i saw it and it was just like mm, no no yeah mm-hmm. i don't like that at all. i think i had nightmares after it mm-hmm. <laughs> yes so that was what i oh and then that was what I had to and say. then he came out with shoes where i think he's being well not him but the supplier because they had put a Nike swoosh on there and Nike didn't approve of it. Oh, but can't be doing that. Apparently, it's blood shoes. Like, for Because it has game. his blood. <gasps> or, quote unquote, it has his blood literally in the shoe. And he only, and he made 666 pairs. <gasps> that's the devil's number. Of course. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and so, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's roping you in with the music. Oh. And then it turns into the, the shoes. So, now if, you're little, if your little guy's like, hey. Absolutely. That's definitely satanic. And if you think about it, the whole process, the whole scheme, right? It's building you up to a thing mm-hmm. to get you to a place that you didn't, you, you're going to look back and be like, how did I even get here? How exactly. did I even start? You know, yep. but he's already captivated his audience, right? Yep. A, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And now here he is telling you basically the devil is Lord. Basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 It can seem like um, they're like little small steps, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's not a big deal. Like this song is cool, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, he's got a new line of shoes. I got George's mm-hmm. all the time. Let's do this, right? But then, then it's like, like you said, oh, collectively it's like, oh yeah, how did we get here? 666, your blood in this? What? Like, and then yeah, before you know it, full on cult. Yeah. Full no. on. Full on cult. Yes. <gasps> well, I didn't recognize that. The number of Shoes Pairs and of shoes. all this, yeah, because yeah, it's limited like edition. You know, they want to keep it limited. I think the shoes are like a thousand damn dollars too. See, but no, I'm not you. your audience, right? <laughs> no, thank you. I ain't your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not having it. I'm trying to think what oh. what else is going on right now. That's Honestly, just that's like, just what was on my mind. Those things have like been here. We're in Minneapolis. It's sunny today. Sunny is I'm gorgeous. I'm here for it. Yes, Hopefully. took us all the way to May, but I think that's pretty typical. Yeah, that is right. pretty typical. Yeah. So, but it, it, it makes you enjoy. Uh, actually enjoy the the seasons mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's so so damn short here right you know right I mean? right and you being from i'm from chicago mm-hmm. so not much different what's, what side um southeast so lakefront area okay yeah oh, that sounds gorgeous stuff. yeah gotcha. but you get that lakefront breeze yeah there you go <laughs> yeah. okay so from chicago will you tell us what brought you here to minneapolis yes so this is kind of a little bit of my story um but my mother, she is diagnosed with schizophrenia. She was diagnosed mm-hmm. when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And at the age of 14, she could no longer take care of me. So I called my dad up, who's been here pretty much all of my life. Okay. Um, and I moved here with him in high school for a little stint. And that's how I kind of got introduced to the Minnesota life. I'm not going to lie. When I first got here, total cultural shock. I bet. I can't like, it was just like totally different, polar opposite yeah. from being inner city Chicago. Mm. So, but I learned something. There was another side of life that was intriguing to me. And I was chasing after that 
mm-hmm. since forever. So here okay. I am, and I'm just proud to be a Minnesotan today. Okay, <laughs> <Yes>. okay. <laughs> man, I, I think it's uh it's an interesting dynamic being in Minnesota, being black. I think we're only like four percent of the population anyway, mm-hmm. as is here in this state. But I mean, if you want peace of mind, for the most part, mm-hmm. like Minnesota's quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality of life is very good. It is. Um, I mean, you got a bunch of lakes. There's a bunch of things to do here as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, comparative to Chicago, which I do love Chicago. Well, at least downtown. I don't, <laughs> right. I don't venture out. I like much. this one part. I just, I just <laughs> I know this stick one in part. that one little area and that's about it. <laughs> right. But um, hilarious. I mean, the stories that I hear outside of it or especially on the south side. But it's, it's funny, though, because I always see they'll say, you know, there was a, sh- you know, shooting in, in, in Southside, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just very vague. Southside's big as hell. Mm-hmm. Like yes, Chicago is huge. Right. That's the third largest city yes. in, in the country. Mm-hmm. But let it be anywhere else where it's predominantly white, they'll say the then name of the city though. Right. No, they'll say like, I don't know any city out there, so I don't want to make anything up, but yeah. Yeah. like somewhere uh, like Barrington or uh, shooting in Barrington, mm-hmm. right? They'll give Which more lets like it very localized. information. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, Instead of this broad sweep thing. Exactly. Shooting in Southside Chicago. So then you're like, oh, damn, I don't want to go over there. Right. Right. But it's so big, like, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't know. It's just like, oh, I'm going to exclude this whole area of Chicago. And you miss a lot. Well, they do that, do they that. Do that mm-hmm. here, too. Yeah. They say mm-hmm. it's either. Yeah. Like North, North Minneapolis. Minneapolis mm-hmm. Or I, typically I'll see like an East St. Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I then any other shooting or mm-hmm. any other incident is always like, oh, that was Bloomington. Yeah. That was you know, Brooklyn Center. Mm-hmm. This know, part so. of like, you know, Brooklyn Center or Bloomington, like, you know, down by oh, they just get the AMC, street number. Southtown, right? So then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I just won't go on that street. But right. Bloomington's safe. But yeah, yeah. they've like, yeah. Um, uh, thinking about, yeah, how the media construes things, right? And then it's like, yeah, now this, there's this whole city, this whole demographic that has been deemed dangerous when mm-hmm. it's, absolutely, you know. It's so true because like you were saying, there's a south side, there's a southeast side and all the north side and all that. But there's like little pockets of neighborhoods like Inglewood and, and areas like that, that they could, mm-hmm. if they wanted to drill down on demographics, they could. <laughs> yeah. But they tend to generalize things. However, for the most part, I mean, what you see in the tabloids is just kind of what it is, which is why I wanted to leave there in the mm-hmm. first place. And I enjoy my little suburbia life out yeah. here in Minnesota. So there you go. That's that for me. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Okay. Minnesota has, I think, um, a lot of like the Yahoo best places to live or whatever. They have like numerous cities on there. Oh, like, yeah, they're definitely. from Minnesota. So it's not too terrible, especially to like raise a family and yeah, quality of life right. and stuff. So yes, just mm-hmm. mind your business. Then. Mind your business. <laughs> That's it. Don't worry about it. So we gotta worry about it. You know what? Speaking of minding your business, mm-hmm. I want to ask you because yes, um, leadership coach, you do a lot of work with like healthy relationships too, right? Yes. Like, yes. I want to know how does minding your business play a part in that? Ooh, that was one of the biggest things that I had to get over because I've always typically been a very private, introverted person. I still am introverted, but now my life is kind of in the forefront. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know, but I am also a published author. I no. okay, published I a memoir of my entire life. Get so out of here. Snacks <laughs> for the six. Yes. <laughs> so all of my dirty laundry is out of the bag. Okay. okay. You want to uh, drop the name title, girl? Yes. It is Boundaries of a Brokenness, okay. a memoir. So you can either pick that up on Amazon, mm-hmm. but if you want to sign a copy of that, you can get it at my website, boundariesoverbrokenness.com slash shop. So really amazing book. It's very inspirational. And my whole goal for that book was to really tell my readers and the people who follow me that even though life gives you so much trials and tribulations, like me being a small town or an inner city girl with nothing, literally, I grew up in poverty, you can change your story, Mm -hmm. right? You don't have to stay in that mind frame. I remember as a 14-year-old girl, I was walking down the street. My mom was like at the peak of her latest schizophrenia break, mm-hmm. right? And I was walking home from school after I couldn't, she, she couldn't afford to give me bus fare. And in Chicago, there's no city or no, there's no school buses. You have to take city bus. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And my school was about mm, seven miles away. And it was like dead of winter, seven feet of snow. Mm-hmm. Here I am with these Air Force Ones on. I even <laughs> can't even afford any boots, you gotcha, know? Yeah. And I remember I looked across the street, I saw the neighbor. He was a drunk. I was like, man, this dude was on the porch getting drunk when I left. And he's, he's still, still on the there. porch getting mm-hmm. drunk when I came back. And I said to myself, man, 
there has to be more to life than this. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how my story began. It's really starting with wanting a little bit more than what I saw at the surface. Because when you're growing up in poverty, that becomes your reality. Mm. And my story is all about telling people that, yeah, the story may be what it is, but you can change. You have the power to change the next chapters of your life. You don't have to stay there. If you choose to want more and you choose to say by any means necessary, you can definitely achieve more. So I encourage people to pick up that book because it takes you through this journey of my entire lifehood. It really breaks things down and draws you into the story on um, a lot of the things that happened in my childhood, a lot of the things that I experienced in life, and ultimately brings you up to current as to how I got into the role that I am today and why I'm an advocate for women going through domestic violence and all Mm. of those things. And it's just really a beautiful thing. And again, it's just to inspire people to let them know that You know, the story is what the story is, but you can change the trajectory Mm -hmm. of your future if you put your mind to it. And you, first of all, cannot give up on yourself. Mm -hmm. Even when everybody else is saying what you can't be and what you will be, you have the power to change who you are and what you want to be in life. So, Amen. I hear that. Yes, I love that. And and based on what you said, and we don't have to go into it now, we can touch back at the end, but, you know, there's a lot of young kids probably growing up mm-hmm. reading books reading this and that and they're like man i want to be a, a writer i want to be able to you know distribute my message mm-hmm. out to the world and i kind of want to know how did you go down that path not that you have to go you know very in depth because i'm yeah. sure you, maybe you've covered it on your own channel but you know a lot of kids don't you know you don't have that information especially like you said mm-hmm. coming from a neighborhood that you came from mm-hmm. how many writers came from where you're from. None. Exactly. So it's you. And so people may see you on or hear you on our podcast or see Mm -hmm. you out doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, man, like I remember Crystal. Like she's over here writing books now. She's a life coach. She's doing this and that. Like, that's awesome. I want to do that. I want to know how to do that because no one in my neighborhood can tell me how. And Absolutely. where do I get this knowledge? Where do I get this information? So. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, writing a book was probably the scariest thing I ever did because, again, it was exposing my entire life and all of my dirty laundry, you know? So what it really boiled down to was last year at the beginning of the pandemic, I decided to walk off of my full-time job okay. and pursue full-time entrepreneurship and step down to part-time in corporate America. And, um, I know that's right. Yes. yes. <laughs> so... What I did was I hired a book coach and I remember my first conversation with her. I was like, I'm not creative enough to write a story that's going to keep people drawn in. And she was like, you know what, Crystal, I think you can do it. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. You're pretty smart. You're intelligent. You know, you know a lot. And really what it what I needed to do was really allow myself to go back into those moments. So Mm. for anybody who is writing a book, I always tell people it's important that you feel the feelings. But when you are writing a book, especially one that is about your own life, um, you have to draw your readers in. So you have to relive some of those experiences and tell them in vivid details by using words that are really going to paint the picture, a visual picture in people's um, mind. But you start, for me, I had to start by like writing out what are the things that I absolutely want to cover? Mm-hmm. So what are some things in my life that I need to make sure that people know, right? And I think I started with like seven things. By the time I was done writing the book, there was like 22 different areas of my book gotcha. that <laughs> I needed to cover. Mm-hmm. And before I was done, I was like, shoot, I got to stop writing because it was getting so long. <laughs> yeah. My book was getting so long. So there definitely will be a part two somewhere in the near future. I Right now, I'm working on another book that is... um really a blueprint for women who are overcoming trauma Mm. um, and domestic violence. And it's going to give you a step-by-step on what you need to do to really overcome uh, um, domestic violence, trauma, trauma bonding, all of the things of that nature, gaslighting, so that you can really step into your true identity. Mm -hmm. I always tell people that when you end up in these traumatic situations, such as domestic violence, this was not the beginning of the journey. Um, Because I myself am a survivor of domestic violence. And Mm. what happened was... If you look back over my life and anybody who's in this situation, you have unresolved traumas from your childhood and through life that were not dealt with. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you have fragmented parts of yourself that lead you right into the arms of someone who is going to then take advantage of those vulnerabilities within you. Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself 
in these situations that are life-threatening. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's hard for us to get out of them. So it was three times I almost lost my life in oh that domestic gosh. violence relationship before mm-hmm. I finally had the courage to say, enough was enough. Mm-hmm. I choose me. Yep. So um, it's, it's, it's interesting. But if anybody who's writing a book wants to actually write their memoir, I would say that you have to have the courage to one, really go deep. Mm -hmm. Don't just scratch the surface, but bring the reader into the story. Make sure you cover the things that are absolutely necessary to make sure that people are going on this journey with you. Mm -hmm. And if you need support, hire somebody. There's book coaches out here. Who knew? I hired a a book coach. (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. So I hired a book coach and now I'm coaching other people to help them write their books and tell their stories. So all it takes is for one person to do one thing Mm -hmm. and then it becomes a trickle down effect. I'm very big on like, you need somebody who's going to help pull you up to the next level. And then at that point, you've learned something and you can help somebody who's beneath you and pull them up to the next level as well. So I really encourage people to Understand that the sky is the limit, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. don't have to just stop because no one else did it. No mm-hmm. one in my family was an entrepreneur. Nobody wrote books. Nobody mm-hmm. was a coach. Nobody's um, airing out the dirty laundry. Gotcha. You yeah. know, we mm-hmm. all grew up in these houses where what happens in this house stays St- in this house. Stays in this house. And that is not really true, right? That's how right. we end up with so many people who are dealing with trauma, exactly. drug and alcohol abuse, yep. domestic violence, and all of the things. So I'm just here to tell people who um, may be struggling that. This doesn't have to be your story. And if I can be an inspiration to any one person, then I know that my job here is done. So. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. I, I love, love that. Love hearing that. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of go maybe down a, a deeper route. Yeah. Um, because I hear a lot of people say, like in regards to domestic violence relationships, just leave. I don't understand why she just won't leave. So just to hear you say it took three brushes with death, it sounds like, mm-hmm. before you had the courage to leave. I guess I'm wondering... If you have any words um, for like our listeners and our mm-hmm. viewers in terms of that, I, I personally hate hearing that because it makes it seem like it's so easy to mm-hmm. leave, right? And right. just hearing what you talked about, like the bonds and how we find ourselves in those situations, it's not mm-hmm. easy at all. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. easy at all. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. So for first of all, back in October was um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and mm-hmm. I did a whole series on how family members can help because I think there's a lack of understanding of how families can help because there's a lot of people who are just like, I told you to leave. Right. I don't want to keep hearing about this. Blah, exactly. Blah. So they don't really understand the mental um, aspect of what's happening to a person who is going through that situation. So for me, it's one about education, but two, it's more so for the person who's going through that situation nothing is going to make that person leave until they're ready. Mm -hmm. So many people told me to leave, like so many people, but I just couldn't. I I wasn't ready. I had to be ready and say enough was enough for me. There was nothing anybody could say. Mm -hmm. In fact, the more you push, the more that person's going to run back into that person's arms because you have to realize on the other side of that door, you have a person who is manipulating them, saying that no one loves you, Mm -hmm. nobody cares, don't listen to them because I'm the only person you have, all of these things. And these are things that are being fed into you every single day. Mm -hmm. And just like we were talking about early in the podcast about, you know, what's that guy's name? Yes. Who started out with this audience Mm -hmm. and then now he's basically dancing with the devil and and, and whatnot. (laughs) So there's true colors. Right. Yes. There's, there's a psychological, like, basically embedding a reframing that is happening in the brain as you're going on this journey with this person. So you start to believe it because it's embedded now in your subconscious and in your conscious because you're hearing it every day. Right. So um, for one, you have to know that when you get ready, you'll be ready. Mm -hmm. What can you do as a person who is on the other side and has a family member who is going through this? Support them without judgment. Okay, mm-hmm. because we've already they've already got this person in their ear telling them no one cares about you. Right. So the more that you drive the point home that you need to leave, the more it's going to prove true to mm-hmm. what these facts are that they've been told this entire relationship. So the only thing you can do is just support when that person reaches out, be there mm-hmm. when that person um, is ready to leave take them in if you can, or give them Mm -hmm. a situation that gives them a place to escape. But if they choose to go back, understand that this is a part of the process, right? Right. So just love them through it and um, set boundaries, of course, for yourself, because it can be emotionally taxing on you as the person watching your loved one go through this. But um, it's it's definitely something that takes a strong mind and a strong will. So for, for me, I always tell people that 
I never, even though me and my abuser had an on and off relationship for about three years, I never would tell anybody what I was going through mm. because I was not sure if I was ready to be done. Gotcha. It took me mm. months to even say that I was done because I knew my pattern. Mm -hmm. I would go back. I would be done for three months and then I'd then go, go back. back. Mm -hmm. Right. So it took me months to even say that or that we were done. And here's why. Because again, you have people who are judging you from the inside or the outside looking in, and then people get tired of hearing it. Yeah. Right. So I went through that journey alone, which is why you guys may hear me say, um, I'm talking to the people who may be suffering in silence gotcha. because I was that person who was suffering in silence because I was afraid of what the outside world would say about me for going back, staying, keep dealing with it, you know, yeah. three times. How many times is it going to take? Are you going to die before you get out? And not to interrupt, but well, one, that sounds because addiction is just like that, too. Mm -hmm. You know, when you right. have family members that have an addiction and stuff like that. But would it also be like the fear of the unknown? Like what is on the other side if I leave? Like, especially yes. if that person is financially keeping you. Absolutely. Afloat. Right. Afloat. Exactly. Because now it's like, well, mm -hmm. damn, that's my money, too. Right. Yes. Or that's my my it's shelter. My that's my livelihood. Yeah. And so yes. if you're walking out from that, plus, mm -hmm. you know, the, just the fear of what could be on the other side. Right. Absolutely. And a lot of people stay because of that financial stability. Like that wasn't my story, but that's so many people's story because that person is the breadwinner mm -hmm. and um, leaving. They don't know what it looks like. So it's mm -hmm. the fear of what is on the other side of that, like you said. So. Um, sometimes I tell people that it's, it's one thing to be afraid of not knowing what could happen negatively, but there is a real thing called a fear of success. Like mm -hmm. sometimes we get so comfortable in these situations that the thought of seeing something else is also just equally as scary as knowing what to anticipate in that journey as well. So it's, it's tricky on both sides of the yeah, spectrum, but that was true. a really good question. Yeah, that goes with entrepreneurship too. Mm -hmm. Like. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are scared to step Take out. Plus, leap. you have those people on, like, I wouldn't do that. Well, that's mm -hmm. you. You're self-projecting. You're mm -hmm. saying that you can't do it, but right. don't put that on me. But yeah, then you have that doubt of like, maybe they are right. Or I don't know what's going to be on the other side. Mm -hmm. So yes, yeah, I feel that for sure. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, thank you for sharing part of that. Gosh. Yes. So <laughs> you left. You mm -hmm. decided to be done officially. Um, mm -hmm. How did that impact how you had relationships from then on. And mm -hmm. when I say relationships, I mean romantic ones, but also like friendships, mm -hmm. right? Colleagues, like how did you make sure you surrounded yourself with people that made mm -hmm. you feel safe? Yes, so first of all, there's an isolation that happens when you're in this relationship, right? So when I left, I had no friends. Mm. Um, I had no one. In fact, nobody even knew that I was going through what I was going through, not even my family. So. Wow. It was almost like starting over, but not starting over because there was this image of me that everything was okay, especially mm -hmm. to my my family. Um, and there was a hidden truth, which is another reason why I wanted to write the book. A lot of people didn't even know I went through what I went through until it was published. Until the book. Wow. So um, there was this hidden truth. So it was this heaviness of not only did I go through this experience, but now I'm I'm out and I'm still dealing with the consequences of what I've gone through. Mm. And Ultimately, it took me 10 years to heal because I went through it alone, mm -hmm. which kind of brings me to why I do what I do today, because it doesn't need to take that long. Right. So when I think about coming out on the other side of it, um, Luther and I, who's my husband, by the way, <laughs> we, <Luke>. right, right. <laughs> Amazing Luther. We we had been friends on and off because we dated back in high school when I was here for a short stint. Um, he was one of the people who kind of knew what had happened. And it was because he was a casualty in a part of that domestic violence situation. Oh, oh wow. Uh, yeah. So luckily, you know, he didn't get involved physically, but he did have to deal with some verbal backlash from the whole thing. And it was just like, shoot, now my, my troubles are like <laughs> trickling mm -hmm. down to everybody around me. Um, so he was very supportive and we, him and I were going to date again before the last time I almost lost my life. Okay. So this person had went back to jail and then all of a sudden um, he was out. Gotcha. <laughs> so <laughs> that put a, like, a drastic halt to what Luther and I had going on. And um, But anywho, I was able to reconnect with him and he definitely was 
understanding. He's pretty an easygoing guy, but it was it was a troublesome situation because you're still dealing with the baggage, the brokenness of yourself. So this is the part where I like to tell women that even though you get out of the situation, you survive it, there's still emotional things that can be long lasting. So when you're in a toxic relationship, even if you weren't the toxic person, when you come out of that relationship, you're toxic. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So that's one thing you have to you have to own. Yeah. Like, People don't like that word. Right. They don't like that. Absolutely. And there's like this um, unrealistic expectation and undue pressure that happened as Luther and I got back into a serious relationship. Because again, I had been dealing with um, a person who really wanted to know my whereabouts and check-ins and all of these things like all the time. You to know all of it. Right. And then you get with this other person and this is your reality. Like in your mind, this has become normal because mm-hmm. you've accepted this behavior. So then I'm bringing this baggage into this new relationship. Yeah. And then I had to really unprogram myself mm-hmm. from all of these things. So it was really hard to actually get myself to a place where I was a healthy functioning being. Not only did I have the issues from my um ab- abusive relationship, but I had daddy issues. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there was all these things, you know, when you have daddy issues, sometimes you project that on your partner, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a point in my relationship where I remember I was in therapy and I had to tell my husband, I had to come home and apologize to him. And I said, I'm sorry, because I wanted you to be my husband, my friend, my daddy, mm-hmm. all of these things, these titles that don't even belong to him. But think about yeah. the pressure of trying to play oh, all him. these roles mm-hmm. to a person. Right. And all you want to do is love them. Right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And here they are expecting all of these things from you. So for yes. me, I, it was a lot of therapy. It was a lot of self-help, um, coaching, all of the things that I had to go through to really rid myself of this toxicity um, and reprogram my brain because my brain was thinking one way that because when you're in it, it becomes normal for sure. And when you realize that this isn't normal, you have to now do it all. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's kind of the process that I had to go through. And it was 10 years. And finally, um, I started with this hashtag journey to self-discovery Okay, because um, it was Right after I had my son, who is now five and a half. Oh, cute. I had, yeah, he's a cute little guy. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I realized that my life is not my own anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had been doing all these things to really recover myself. But now there was somebody else who was looking up to me, somebody else who was repeating everything I did. So go. even those unhealthy, um, nonverbal things that I was carrying in myself, they started to come out in my child. Gotcha. So that put me even into an uh, even higher drive to really want to be a better version of myself. Mm-hmm. So there, there's levels to this healing thing, but I tell people all the time, just enjoy the process because there's this rediscovering of yourself that is happening and you really begin to fall in love with you. I tell people that if you don't love you, then no one else can love you. No one else can. Really, and, and it's an energy attracting an energy, right? So brokenness attracts brokenness and love attracts love. Mm-hmm. So when I was able to really go deep within myself and really start to love myself unapologetically, flaws and all, all of the trauma and everything, realizing that life is happening for me, not to me, and really just embracing the fullness of everything that God has called and created me to be, mm-hmm. then I was able to see myself differently and see my husband differently. And there was like a rebirthing of our marriage. We are celebrating nine years in September. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. And there was a phase in my marriage where I wanted out. Mm. But I'm so glad that I was able to, first of all, be patient with myself through the journey, Mm -hmm. be patient with him through the journey. And really, there was a rebirthing that happened. And it was a love that never was there, even in the beginning. So it's such a beautiful thing to watch it on the other side. But really, it's the self-reflection that gives you the ability to really bask in the joy of the process. So I tell people that your process determines or your process is there to take you through and get you to your purpose. Mm -hmm. But your purpose is not determined by your process because sometimes Mm -hmm. people think I'm so broken. There's no way I can do this. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Your process is preparing you. It's the assignment that is on the other side of that process. So if you're patient with yourself, you'll get there and you'll know 
that it was all worth it. So it's like a puzzle, mm. putting the pieces together. Yes. So hearing that. Oh, like, dropping the gems. Yeah, no, dropping the yes. I like that. Whew. So, but from, okay, so that's your perspective, right? Mm-hmm. What you went through. I'm curious to know, and I'm sure there's other men out there that are like, what if I'm dating or, mm-hmm. or going to date someone who's quote unquote broken, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, what are the steps that you witnessed your husband do where you're mm-hmm. like, OK, like I know from being in the position that I was in mm-hmm. that my husband did X, Y and Z, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's he listened or, you know, he was asking questions. He gave me my space, mm-hmm. you know, like what are things that a man can do? Because, you know, sometimes we ain't the smartest. So we need <laughs> we need cues or literal. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you what do you see? Yes. So a man who is embracing a woman who may be fragmented is the word I like to use um, is, first of all, patience, Mm -hmm. communication, understanding. Right. So with Luther, he was patient. Right. He's always been a man of few words. So it wasn't really what he said, but it was what he did. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was the commitment to it, regardless of what it was. You know, I'm not saying that our marriage was perfect, obviously, if I wanted out at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, knowing that there is a commitment to stay and work this thing out um, through the good times and the bad times is what's going to prevail over all other things. I always tell people to lead with love. And when you truly are leading with love, that's understanding that people are flawed, right? Me, him, everybody. So it took a lot of patience, a lot of communication, which Luther and I had to grow through together. Both Mm -hmm. of us had our own communication issues. But once we started to get to know each other in a more intimate way, um, and I'm not talking about sexual, I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, all of those things that, um, that make us who we are, then we were more patient with one another. And patience is the biggest thing. When, um, you're dealing with somebody who's been through traumas, right? You have to understand that, first of all, the person who's been through the trauma needs to be okay with explaining triggers Mm -hmm. because triggers happen. And then the person who's on the receiving end, the man in this case, has to be okay with understanding that it's not me, Mm. right? Yes, right. It's it's not me, but what can I do to support her through this? Mm -hmm. And being patient with that and understanding because there was a time in my life um, that I couldn't be around men. Gotcha. So the fact that I'm sitting here next to Ferris today yeah. is like, okay, praise God for, okay. you know, for, for healing, gotcha. right? There was a time that I couldn't be around men. And my husband knew that if we were in the mall or something, we were walking around or walking through, like there was an anxiety that came over me that literally made me go blank. Mm. Like I couldn't say anything. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't make eye contact. I couldn't have a conversation with men because of these traumas, the rape, the sexual assault, the abuse, all Mm. of the things, the daddy issues. My brothers were um, physically and mentally and emotionally abusive to me. So every man in my life up until a point was abusive to me in some way, shape or form. So there was this paralyzing factor within me when it came to men Mm -hmm. and my husband He's a man himself. So that didn't exclude him either. Right. So there were certain things in our relationship where even I would be paralyzed to him. Mm-hmm. Right. And there would be this wall that would go up. So being patient and understanding and really just knowing. And if we would be in a movie and there would be a scene or whatever of maybe domestic violence or rape or just something very intense happening with a woman and man, he would be, he would just be like, are you OK? Do you want to leave? Do you want to keep watching it? Mm-hmm. So it was those little things okay. that he would do for me that supported me through my journey until I got to a point where. I could be in the same room as a man and not think about, okay, where's the exit? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, if he does something to me, how am I going to protect myself? Because that used to be my thought process right. all the time. Well, shout so. out to my man, Luther. He over yes, here. Yes, Luther. Okay. He over <laughs> over, for overcoming Luther. a, lot, yes, of, a yes. lot of like trauma. Snaps for Luther. Man. Yes. We're here yes. for it. So it's a beautiful thing. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad you found a partner that can love you in the way you need to be loved and can support you in that. Yes. So, thank yes. you. Good deal. All right, I'm going to bring it up. I watched one of your videos. Okay. I want to, I want our viewers to know who may not have seen your videos mm-hmm. to kind of hear your perspective on Derek Jackson. Oh, goodness. Oh, so for <laughs> our viewers and our listeners who may not know, Derek Jackson is a clown. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, um, <laughs> you know, really made his, I'm probably going to be echoing what you said in your video, but yeah, made his platform on giving women advice. Right. And it, how I perceived it is it was, he was telling them how to be better to get the men that they wanted. And I 
don't think I, I didn't like that at all. So I already wrote him off. I didn't like it, but he grew his following. You know, women are, you know, really wanting to be partnered and, you know, so they were willing to eat all of this stuff up. Mm-hmm. And then it came out that he cheated mm. on his beautiful black queen. Look, but mm-hmm. It's not even that though. It seems more like narcissism because mm-hmm. he's not yes. saying for you just to get a, uh, this is how I viewed it. When I watch his videos, there's those t- certain type of men who, when they, they post those videos. They're like, oh, you can, you just had to better yourself so you can get someone like me. Mm-hmm. That's how I always heard it. Gotcha. Where he put himself on this pedestal and was like, okay. oh, like, he did X, the... Y, and Z. Okay. Right. Because, you know, girls are like, oh, he's an attractive guy. Right. Blah, blah, blah. He's chocolate mm-hmm. and then, he cute. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's how I always heard it. Okay. So not just to get to a good man, stuff. to get a good man like me. Yes. That's how I heard okay. it. Okay. I don't want a good man like me. So you're cheating on your wife. Right. So this Derek Jackson situation. Oh, yeah. my God. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And you are absolutely right. Narcissism at its core. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when you're dealing with a narcissist, first of all, it's all about them. It's about their image. It's about their status. It's about, you know, to them, they're invincible. They are mm-hmm. the gods there of is. their lives. Mm-hmm. Right. We so, serve them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So he used his entire platform to manipulate women and use it as a way to have sexual relationships with women. Even when he was through the whole course of his marriage, this was happening. So my advice to women is, first of all, you have to take an introspective look at yourself. Mm -hmm. What is it that you're lacking that makes it okay for you to accept this, right? This is a process that I, I went through myself, right? What is it that is in you that makes this all your worth mm-hmm. in your eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And number two is I educate women all the time on identifying the red flags, right? Yes. So when a person is always talking about themselves and if you know that this man is married, why are you meeting him for lunch? That's the, that's the right. question I want to know. Right. We're not friends. Where no. your wife at? Right. <laughs> like, is she going to be coming? Right. Okay. That's great. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, that would be my first question, mm-hmm. but it's almost as if he created, like he said, this imagery of himself that said that he was the status quo. Like you want to get a man like me. And when you hear people say that over and over again, you begin to fall in love with the image that they've created themselves to be. So there's a manipulation that is happening on a very subconscious level. Um, which makes women really feel captivated. They build a relationship with you in their head Mm -hmm. and then they get in these situations and they're just like, well, I guess it isn't all that bad because now everybody is about money, fame, and fortune. So how can I grow from this? What do I get out of this? Right? That's what it's all about. And there's nothing wrong with that except when you are one of the ones in the situation who's on the receiving end of the manipulation and you know what is happening is wrong, then I have to ask, what are your core values? Mm -hmm. Do you even value yourself? He definitely doesn't value his relationship with his wife. Mm -hmm. And you know this, like the one girl, I was listening to her interview and she's like, yeah, I was all up in his little, you know, suite, wherever he had that was down the road from his house. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, I was in the bedroom and yeah, I, I was in the background that. of the video, you know, when he was recording it. And it's just like. Like thinking that was cool. Yeah. Like, oh, he right. liked me. Look what he doing like this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sis. It's crazy. Right. He got a whole wife. You in the background. You're not even a guest, girl. Mm-hmm. He's not even acknowledging you. Yes. And one chick was like, well, that video that he recorded on such and such date was outside of my house. And you're proud of this? Right. And you're proud of it. Damn, he did always look like he was about to go inside and go, uh, mm-hmm. you know, have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to us viewers, it wouldn't look anything. I wouldn't imagine it would be anything other than his home, right? Anything mm-hmm. other than his wife there. But yeah, he got a, out here tricking all of us. Mm-hmm. All of us. But then I have to ask, though, and, and I never blame the wife, okay? Mm-hmm. So hear me when I say this. But I have to ask. His wife has to know, like she knows where they live. They know, she knows what the outside of their house look like. So are you not watching his videos? Right. Like, and I was studying her more than I was studying him. Mm-hmm. I study people. Like I can read your body language. I can pretty much read your mind <laughs> before you even open your mouth. Love it. That's just something that I've been in tune with for a long time. But as I was watching her in these videos, it's like, oh my gosh, she's hurting. You can tell that she's broken. I even went so far as to go through her Instagram. And I don't know if you guys have been through her Instagram, but she would have these long posts about how she was um, jealous hearted and how she felt like she was never good enough and how she would get her hair done and her makeup done to try to look like something that she had saw. 
and how she was on her own healing journey. So when we talk about brokenness, right, she was definitely broken in this marriage from Mm -hmm. the get go. And he took advantage of that because (sighs) she wasn't going to stand up for herself. Mm -hmm. It was obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, And even when all of this stuff broke, she still didn't stand up for herself. She was just like, you know, I I support my husband and he knows that he's wrong and we're going to work on this. Bonnet and all. It sounded so scripted, though. Mm -hmm. Like he was like, like trying to move her hand up. So she's reading the note. Yeah, basically had her uh, hand clenched. Sis showed up in a bonnet. Like, I'm like, girl, do you support this man? But when you study people who have been in narcissistic relationships, they go from this glowing, beautiful person to looking exactly how she looks. They show up in public and they're not beautiful. Why? Because that man is telling them, I don't want anybody to see your butt, your hot, your nothing about your figure. Mm-hmm. So they make you wear baggy clothes. Yep. This is a part of I the cycle. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking at her, I'm looking at her from the standpoint of I've been where you are. Mm. And I literally I've stood in a courtroom and lied under oath to say that mm. I'm fine. I'm not in danger. I'm not afraid of this man. And she did it in front of did the whole the world. Yeah. So I understand. <laughs> I just wish that she I wish that she'll realize that she's worth so much more Mm -hmm. and those babies, right? I always think about the children because again, they're following behind us. They're mimicking Mm -hmm. what we do. Do they have kids? Yeah, they do. I think it's two kids. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, they have two kids together. So it's just a sad, it's a sad situation. Yeah, him, he's a narcissist and usually narcissists never believe anything is wrong with them. Of course not. And um, I actually discovered like after that video aired that they were a part of this church because, you know, they were talking about how God is delivering them and all of the things. And there's these videos of this church that they attend. And the pastor is like spitting on them, <gasps> saying, devil, get out of you. It was just. What? He probably directed Lil Nas X's video. <laughs> probably. <laughs> because it's g- exactly what you guys were talking about. Oh like, it's crazy. And then here's <laughs> da- Derek Jackson in the video of this church ceremony thing he was i mean i'm gonna be a little bit explicit here do it girl. but the the pastor was like spitting and spraying water at this woman's vagina saying get these devils out of you and <laughs> all of the things and i'm just like um, what, what in the what world is, is happening right. what is happening there? i'm telling you i just kind of wanted to see the visual shit Get out of here. It's all on YouTube, you guys. And you can see Derek Jackson right there in the background. I think ultimately this comes down to stop idolizing people on social media, please. Mm -hmm. Because you got Derek Jackson. Have you heard of uh, Kevin Samuels? I hate him too. You got to watch this too. I think he's worse. uh, They're both terrible. See, at least Kevin is real. People need to go back to work. Quote unquote real, air quotes. Real, right? Because he's more or less trying to... um, like his thing, he has this one where he's talking about like, where do you rate yourself? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he's, a, he sa- says he's a millionaire. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, you're trying to get millionaires, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you rate yourself? Right. All right. You know, do you have children? Do you have, you know, and he goes down and he starts knocking pegs off or he starts adding pegs See, like for that. you. Right. So you get knocked but he also did it for and a, you have kids or something? He also did it for a guy, Let's too. He I'm was not like, saying, like, just for the women. I'm just saying, like, that already, like, mm-hmm. is harmful language. Look, he had this one dude on there where he, this dude, he was like, all right, how tall are you? I think he said, like, 5'8". Mm-hmm. He was like, all right. Well, or he was like, he's like, how tall are you? He said, 5'8". He's like, where do you rate yourself? I think he said, I think I'm, like, a 7. He's like, okay. He's like, how much money do you make a year? I think he said, like, $20,000. He couldn't have said that. No, he literally said, like, $20,000. Mm-hmm. And then... He was like, how much do you weigh? And the dude said, I don't know, like 290. Okay. And he's like, dude, he's like, you're short, you're fat. He's like, you don't make any money. And he's like, you're over here trying to attract like beautiful women. That doesn't make sense. Mm. So he's like, so he's, that's how he goes about it. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't think he's worse than Derek. I think Derek is just, he's strictly tries to feed off of the people that watch his videos he tries to portray himself as something that he's not because mm-hmm. at home, clearly none of that's going on. Right. right? Mm-hmm. That's and true. Kevin is just Kevin. Like he's, okay. he's yeah. an asshole either way. Okay. That's just yeah. him. But right. he shows up that way. He shows right. up that way. Okay. He doesn't change who he is. He's just, that's him. 
I just wish people would go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to work on yourself, go to therapy. Stop, like you said, idolizing these social media people. They don't know nothing. Yeah, you don't they know. social media. You don't know mm -hmm. what degrees or what. Yeah, what what, what they got going right. on? Giving you what all knowledge they language. have, what education they have right. behind what they're saying. You don't other know than any of that. They're just okay. They have followers. Okay, right. And I don't think they have a. They don't have a vested interest in you. They just nope. want followers. They don't care if it works out for you or, or if it doesn't. Right. When you were talking about earlier about um, like um, investing in yourself, right? Like mm -hmm. hiring a book coach. Invest in yourself in terms of therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you get what you pay for, right? Mm -hmm. So if you out here getting this free social media advice, you gonna reap those repercussions. Like yeah. invest right. in yourself, find a therapist if, if that's your real goal. Because And I hate that hashtag relationship goals because mm -hmm. it's like your relationship, not my relationship, not my sister's relationship. Like, mm -hmm. no, I need to make sure, cause like, and like, my flags aren't your flags and aren't someone else's flags, right? So mm -hmm. I'm someone that is like, oh, if a guy has kids, I might say, mm, see y'all flag for me. We got to figure it out. Someone else, that may be a green flag for them. Right. That may be a red flag for them, mm -hmm. right? So the, And then, so you can't like Absolutely. build a relationship off of other people's expectations or what other people yes. say, but that's what these social media people are doing. They're giving these right. general guidelines that apply to no one. Mm -hmm. And you're not getting to the core, right? You're not figuring out what is making you tick, what's holding you back, mm -hmm. what traumas you have. Invest in yourself, people. Stop stop playing these games. Absolutely. It's all stop about a games. photograph. Like, mm -hmm. the relationship goes has boiled down to a cute photograph a cute, on social media. In, in the Maldives. In right. the Maldives, relationship goes. Look, they in got the Maldives. Or yeah. What else would people say? That, there'll be a couple in the Maldives. Oh, okay, like, okay. yeah. And then they'll be like, like, oh my gosh, relationship goes. I can goals. afford the mall. Oh, the mall of America. <laughs> Hilarious. That's what y'all talking about. And then it's like it's a whole like filter in the background. Mm -hmm. They sitting at home on their couch, mad at each other. They ain't even no, they got the, the Oculus on, like yeah, the Oculus. Like that. <laughs> right? That's so funny. But I also wanted to say too, in terms of that crazy church story you told, mm -hmm. that's why everybody can't pray for me. I don't know what y'all do. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Keep your prayers. I don't want them. I'll right. pray for myself. Right. Mm -mm. It's crazy. I mean, about to get me myself. I'm obviously very outwardly speak about my faith, my religion. I mean, I'm a Christian. I'm a daughter of a king. I know that. But you're right. I mean, because being a Christian has kind of become a trend, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody who says, you know, thank God ain't really thanking They're the same really God you're thinking. They're right. not praying to the same God that you're praying to. So nope. you have to be very discernful, like, of who you are associating yourself with, who you're attaching yourself with, because not everybody wants to know your story so that they can help you. Right. Some people want to know your story so they can gossip about you. So they and, can be nosy. They can tear you right. down. Mm -hmm. They know your flaws. They know your weaknesses. Right. They they think of your story as the latest tea, the latest exactly. gossip. Right. And um, so you have to be very discernful and and really build that relationship with God for yourself, first mm -hmm. of all. Because once you get into the intimacy of your relationship with God, you start to figure out who you are and you mm -hmm. also figure out who the people are to you. And like you were saying, when we talk about goals and red flags and green flags and yellow flags, it all boils down to your own values, right? Mm -hmm. So a person who's been through domestic violence isn't going to have the same flags as a person who has not, for right? Sure. Because yeah. there's a difference there. There's some things that you're just like, okay, I want to make sure that this never happens again. Mm -hmm. So you have to become one with self right. first. And getting to know who you are, figuring out what your passions are, mm -hmm. figuring out, you know, what makes you tick, like exactly. you said. So mm -hmm. it's 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 a journey with self that a lot of people forfeit. I mean, I feel like we're in an age of social media and people think that who they show up as on social media is who they are in real life. Right. Like, that's not it's it. That's not it. Yeah, not not it. <laughs> no. I always tell people I laugh because I get on camera, I look good. I was like, but in real life... You see me in the grocery store, I'm probably going to have on some leggings with some <laughs> boots and a baggy t-shirt. We just maybe. Like, man. We For just live it. No, I feel that. I feel that all the time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Crystal, this was lovely. Yes, this definitely. Was lovely. Yes. Any last questions you have, Ferris? I feel like I kind of dominated, but no, any good. questions I mean, you have? I, I feel like I got I asked my little answers. questions as they came up. Yeah. I didn't even, you know, there's a couple questions that I didn't even ask you from that I sent you, but. Do you want to do the bonus question? Just kind of as a send off? Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm always willing to talk about some of yeah. these. Yeah. We have one good question for um before our interview is over with Miss Crystal. So. so essentially the question was, do you think women like Stacey Dash, Meghan Markle, and Candace Owens are quote unquote broken or have a uh have some sort of like resentment towards black men, the black community, all of the above? Yeah. So I've been pondering on this question ever since, you know. And because I always like to 
I like to be careful. I choose my words widely is what I, mm-hmm. <laughs> my clients will say, oh, Lord, when Chris was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like to be strategical in my responses. But what I will say regarding that is that whenever there is tension and traumas and things of that nature, it, it skews the vision and the perspective that people have on people, right? So this is no exclusion to them is what I'm saying. So when you think about our population and what people have to say about our black men, first of all, if you ask me, there's nothing that a black man can do wrong. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I love my black kings. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, but not everybody feels that way. And we don't know everybody's story. So before I can put out an opinion on whether or not I feel they're broken, I don't know the totality of their story. I don't know what they've been through. And they may be speaking from a lens of brokenness because when you're broken, hurt people hurt people, right? That's true. Mm. And that's the truth. So when I talk about leading with love, when I come back to that, you have to understand that people are only going to speak upon things from the perspective in which is their reality, but their reality may not be your reality. And it's all um, predetermined by their journey, their story. And if there's some healing that needs to happen, then that should happen, but that person has to own that first. Yep. So they may not say the right things all the time. They may have prejudgments, prejudice, <laughs> <laughs> um, and all of those things, but it's coming from a broken obscurity of a view that they have towards a person or a group of people. So I just want to leave it at that because, like I said, I, I'm very careful about what I say because mm-hmm. I I don't ever want to paint people in a light. I'm very big on like giving everybody grace. Yeah. Um, because you just never know. You never know what's happening behind that voice, behind that person, um, behind that closed door. That's so true. that's that. <laughs> I'm gonna try to be more like you, sis, because y'all know how I feel about these uh, women out here. Um, Candace knows it's plant hair. Um, I, I I guess I just feel like when people make sweet, I do. She's the worst. I guess I feel it, and I say that because she's made such negative comments and such sweeping. It's hard for me, especially when you like, give you grace. She goes out of her way though to do that, and so I would. I want a heart as big as yours because I'm I'm looking at her like, girl, I can't wait for you to be somewhere else. And I was really thinking the same thing when Crystal was talking. I was like, wow, I, I need to be like. Grow. You, I need right. to, I need to grow internally right. because I need to get a bigger heart because I'm ready to. Mm. Anywho, so but that's her, right? But she's awful. I and I think Stacy Dash is just poor thing, just is moving through life trying to grasp a foundation so she mm-hmm. can go somewhere too. She may can come back to the black side. I think she just <laughs> she need a little more education. I think in terms of Meghan Markle, I think because of her status, black people want her to do all things black. Mm. I think mm. they want her to now be, not now be pro-black saying she wasn't, but I think they want her now to use her platform to elevate us all up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something unfair that we do with black people like in um, like celebrity positions or mm-hmm. like um, like a... Um, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but like, oh, like visible positions, right? Like I think... Um, you know, someone we may not have noticed before. I'll be honest, I need to play on suits, Harris but too. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I knew she played on suits, but I never watched the show. And now, you know, she's got this royal title. I think they dropped it, but she had it. She always had it to me. But now I think it's like, oh, wait, look at her. Her mama black. All right, this is our black queen. Like, now, sis, bring us up. And it's like, but did you know her? Like, Years I, ago, I've mm-hmm. never even heard of her before right. the, the Piers Morgan thing. Actually, yeah. that was before. Okay. I didn't even know about that. Harry, yeah, because yeah, okay. so, Piers I mean, Morgan heard about it, but was the guy. I didn't know it then. He's like a he was a host on <laughs> was right some random at, some mm-hmm. random show right yeah, in uh, the UK. news network mm-hmm. correct and then he took her out on a date mm-hmm. you know thinking that he was going to spoil her with the money mm-hmm. but that's what Megan apparently has been getting at is like she attracts dudes with money yeah and then so she got Harry mm-hmm. right. Who's, I mean, he looks better than you. Right. So you can't be mad. And then, and, then, and then now he just, the Piers guy dragged her through the mud. Yeah, he got his and feelings like, hurt. Oh, exactly. He got his feelings hurt. So Talk now, about the, the, the privilege and the audacity. And then, and then complaining, or what's the baby? What's the skin going right. to look like? How black? Exactly. Like, and he got Megan mad when he got even, fired. Right. 
So, look crazy. Right. So, yeah. So, I think that. So, no, Candace is gone. She's the worst. She's made all these terrible statements. She can go do something else. Stacy, yeah, she just needs a little more education. I think she just, oh, sis. Um, but yeah, I think I think people have put a lot on Megan. I think she just wants to live. You know, I think she well, found she someone. Should. She yeah. deserves that, right? Mm-hmm. I think she found someone she fell in love with. You know, they got kids. I think she just wants to like. I think she's always just wanted to like live. I don't know her, but I mean, I, I, she hasn't ever like, at least from what I know from like um, celebrity news and stuff, has never like mm-hmm. been out there like that, right? I mm-hmm. think she's lit, led like a pretty quiet life, and right. now mm-hmm. has been thrust in and out. I think people expect all of these things on her, and I think she's always just like, yeah, I just want to live. Um, so I think that's something unfair we can do as a culture is like, oh, we get like Barack Obama, like Kamala. Okay, great. Y'all made it. Now bring us all up. And it's like, right. what were y'all doing like before? How can you lift your own, A, your own self up mm-hmm. right, in your own like community? Why are you waiting like for yep. this person? And then getting mad at them, wanting to cancel them when right. they don't use their platform um, each and every time to say something or bring awareness to something else. Mm-hmm. It's their platform. And I do think right. that's a... I was going to say we're living in a time of cancel culture where Mm -hmm. people are definitely doing that. And when we make it to a certain status, I don't know what it is about the black community where they feel like, oh, you made it. I should come with you. Exactly. But there is this true saying that Mm -hmm. everybody can go. Everybody can go. Mm -hmm. I got room in my car. Everybody can go. I got room in my car. And room for y'all. Yeah. And then they get mad at you, though. Mm-hmm. I think about people that like win the lottery or just hit it. Then there's people you ain't never talked to. Never mm-hmm. Coming out asking for help with this, help with that. Get mad when you put up boundaries and say, no, we should have you on for another conversation about boundaries. boundaries yes, girl. Definitely. Yes. Key. Yes. All of these things. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know you. Like, you're going to be gone until it's something that interests you. And now you want to come back. Around. Right. Yep. But kind of echo kind of what you were saying, though, about the, uh, yeah. you know, you got to bring your own self up first, mm-hmm. right? You got to bring your own community up, right? right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's another reason why we're chopping it up right now. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why we wanted to start this podcast. That's mm-hmm. why we had you on. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's why we try to get the information out there about entrepreneurship and financial literacy yeah, and like a lot of these know. other things that we want to, because if you listen to us, we want you to get something out of each episode, mm-hmm. one, and then two, you know, uh, maybe we lead you in the direction to be that change that you're looking for. Right. Yeah. And so you can't always rely on someone else. Nope. Yes. And it's not fair. Right. No, it's so. not. What a great conversation. We yes. can talk to you all day. <laughs> I will round us out with our last segment of exhausted. And then we'll ask for social media information afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll start us off. I am exhausted with all of these stupid TikTok videos. I want people to go back to work. I want them to stop making all these videos because not everything deserves to be on TikTok. Specifically, I'm talking about old dude that did a whole video dipped in ranch. (laughs) Don't like it. For me, that was like the epitome. I was like, this is it. Mm -hmm. People go back to work. Get vaccinated. Go back to work. (laughs) Get off stupid internet. I'm sick of TikTok. So that's me. I'm exhausted (laughs) about that. Ferris. Man, I'm exhausted about (laughs) for the last five years, even a little bit longer, obviously, but for me, it seems like the last five years that just the demasculating the heterosexual male. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I get it. You know, we have you have the gay, you have gay men, mm-hmm. heterosexual or homosexual men. You have trans men, but stop trying to tear down what a man mm-hmm. is. Like I'm tired of that. Like mm-hmm. that's what has me exhausted. It's like there's certain things that. I live by there's certain things that I like, mm-hmm. there's certain things that make me who I am or make a man who a heterosexual man is. So, but they want to reshape it all exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I feel like they're trying to move ahead, like skip over heterosexual individuals. And mm-hmm. I feel like the same for women. Now all of a sudden you have, you know, trans women can use the same restrooms and stuff like that. And it's like no women heterosexual women should be allowed to do as they are you mm-hmm. know like they shouldn't the other privileges that are not i don't know i just feel like there's just certain things that it's, it's just kind of getting out of hand yeah. it's, it's like too much we need more time to process it and i think feel like things are just kind of just trying to click ahead way right. too damn quick right mm-hmm. and the impositions mm-hmm. like anywho that's yeah that's, that's got me exhausted yes but. no i feel you what about you, Miss Crystal? Yeah, I would, man, I have so many things that I'm <laughs> like exhausted over. So I'm going to probably go ahead and say that I'm exhausted with the whole cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Like, man, 
I literally just cannot. Every time I, I see the, the newest hashtag on cancel culture, so we talked about Derek Jackson, which is relevant. I mean, mm-hmm. we should cancel Bye. him. Yeah. But then the Kurt Franklin and all of the things. Because he cursed out his son or something, mm-hmm. right? He sounded like he was out of pocket. And Kurt Franklin said, don't let this Christian background fool you. Right. I didn't even hear about that. Oh, yeah. So what happened? Oh, his son like went crazy, like yelled at him, cursed about something. I don't know the details, but people were mad because Kirk Franklin cussed his ass back out. Yes, he did. Uh, but he deserved it, though. Right. And, and some people some people were like, you're a Christian man. You shouldn't speak to your son that way. Da, 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 da. Other people were like, you were right because your son was out of pocket and right. you were right mm-hmm. for putting him back in his place. Right. Called, I'm of that. It's called chastising. That, yeah, I'm right. of that, that group. And my whole thing is... Is how many of these people out here claiming to be Christian and they speaking just like that on the everyday on the basis. everyday so right? I think because he was in the spotlight he just mm-hmm. kind of caught the them yeah and it, it, I'm just sick of the whole cancel culture if everybody would just have their own way of thinking like we are all entitled to our own opinion but I feel like the cancel culture is more like oh they're doing this so mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this too and that is exhausting to me I cannot stand people who cannot think for themselves yes. and that's like that's my biggest pet peeve mm-hmm. <laughs> yes that's yeah. a lot of people yeah mm-hmm. oh, i agree well, all right well thank you again yeah, Crystal, for coming, for coming like, really... on gracing us with your gems <laughs> and your presence man we we definitely appreciate it yes you know. thanks yes, for having yes, me for yes. sure. please drop um your social media tags your book again please like how can people find you and support you Yes, absolutely. So you guys can find me on Instagram at Crystal J Timberlake. And that's my Instagram. For Facebook, it's just at Crystal Timberlake or my business pages at Boundaries Over Brokenness. As we talked about earlier, I have a book, Boundaries Over Brokenness, um, a memoir that you can find either on Amazon. But if you want to get a signed copy, you can purchase it at boundariesoverbrokenness.com slash shop. I'm excited about that. I'm working on some new projects. Um, I am working to come out with a new book about healing from trauma and abuse, like the whole start to finish from identifying red flags to learning how to communicate. Mm -hmm. So like there's going to be nothing missed in between. And I'm also partnering with um, my dear friend and partner, Alex Moffat. We're doing a She Leads Like Jesus project. So on May 16th, we are having a authentic she leader masterclass so we are excited about that if you are interested in attending that you can register at idlegacy.com slash she dash leads it's going to be amazing we're going to be talking about what it takes to be an authentic leader we know that authenticity is like the gold standard for leadership and it's Mm -hmm. what um, draws people in captivates them and makes them feel like they are a part of that vision as well. We are shedding the imposter syndrome and stepping out in our true authentic being. Myself being in leadership for a long time, many years, I know how important it is to resonate with your people. So Mm -hmm. we are doing that. So if that's something you're interested in, like I said, it's idlegacy.com slash she dash leads. So yay awesome Awesome. okay and you can find me on instagram at i underscore am underscore ferris that's f-a-r-r-i-s uh you can catch me on facebook ferris space glover or ferris glover (laughs) (laughs) um you can catch me also on facebook under the chopping it up podcast along with miss chartel here and uh for the podcast as well which we just got Mm -hmm. would be uh youtube Yes. Which is uh, Chopping It Up official podcast. Mm -hmm. So you can catch us on there. We'll start having episodes popping up on there. So definitely like to have you. And then Ms. Chartel, where can they find you at? Yes. All right. Well, yes, of course, our IG page, um, Chopping It Up, C-H-O-P-P-N, It Up um, official on Instagram. Um, On Instagram, I personally am Chartelite, C-H-A-R-T-E-L-I-T-E. And of course, um, our Chopping It Up Facebook page is chopping it up official as well. And we look forward to seeing you guys hearing from y'all. As always, please send us um, topics, things you all want to know about. Um, you can send us comments, topics, let us know how we're doing. We like to say we're the people's podcast. So yes. please let us yes. know. Um, we couldn't do it without you all. So yeah, we're accessible. Oh, and if you have any submissions, once art again, submissions, that'd be yes. art, music, mm-hmm. um, just anything, you know, yeah. send it over to our uh, our email. So that's uh, chopping mm-hmm. it up official mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Yep, for sure. We oh. definitely want to highlight our young artists out there and entrepreneurs. So please send it, send it. And until next time. Thank bye, you. you guys.